This is AJ Bingham, CEO and founder of Bingham Group. Today's guest is James Hines, the Senior Vice President of Advocacy and the in-house counsel for the Texas Association of Business. Welcome to the show, James. Thank you, AJ. Great. Well, let's get right into it. What um, You've been in this role for about two weeks, correct? Or that is correct. Weeks? Yeah. yeah. How has it been so far? Uh, it's been fast and furious. Uh, I've uh, had to uh, participate in a number of uh, policy discussions on issues that I uh, haven't had to follow until coming to TAB. So it's fun to get up to speed mm-hmm. in the course of a day or actually in the course of an hour or two. Uh, media interviews, uh, there's a lot going on at TAB. Yeah, and just as a, I should have started with this, but what is TAB, the Association of Business? I mean, I'm we're aware of it, right, the, the capital, but in a nutshell, for someone who's new to the industry, what would you say about TAB? TAB is the state chamber. So we are comprised of over 4,000 uh, large and small business members and over 200 local chambers in Texas. I got you. And so... And that's very encompassing, obviously. And that, what's your interaction with those cities in terms of uh, just, I mean, I remember from the last session, um, kind of the range of issues we dealt with. So you're dealing with, you're dealing with diverse, a diversity of issues, right? That is true. Yeah. That is true. So uh, each uh, before each legislative session, TAB board members will rank the issues by order of priority. And going into the last session, the issues were economic development, um, education and workforce readiness, Taxation, transportation, and criminal justice were the focus of TAB. Okay, very good. And we're, we're going to get to the future initiatives or initiatives for the A6 legislative session um, in a moment. But I want to go back to your role. So coming to this, we talked a little bit offline about the direction the, cha- the, um, the association is taking with advocacy in your position. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on that for folks who aren't aware? Yeah, so this is a, a change for uh, TAB. Um, I will serve as the lead advocate for our internal and external uh, lobby team. Uh, I also serve as general counsel for TAB. So I will be in charge of uh, the TAB uh, Litigation Center, which is a new initiative at TAB that TAB will be involved in uh, litigation matters that involve state policy. Um, An example would be uh, the city of Austin uh, paid sick leave lawsuit. That is an issue that we think will have statewide uh, implication and so we are a co-plaintiff in that lawsuit along with a few other groups. Well, let's get to that. Let's get to some, uh, some of the policies. I know that's something that's come up with previous guests. I think you're familiar with Rob Henneke over at Texas Public Policy Foundation. And yes. You know, I know TAB is part of their, uh, that, that suit or the, the one they're, they're putting on. Um, what other, I mean, beyond, beyond paid sick leave, um, with this one we've been following, what other city, what other, I guess, issues are you saying brewing at the local level that could become state issues? Just, you know, in your, in your two weeks here. Yes. If any. <laughs> so um, that is the only issue that we see getting statewide attention right now mm-hmm. because of, you know, uh, there are similar um, initiatives in D- Dallas and in San Antonio that mm-hmm. are taking place. Um, so that that's the only local issue now that uh, we see will have a statewide impact that we are involved in. Um, other litigation issues uh, that come under the purview of the litigation center, um, an example would be um, participating in a, a lawsuit regarding uh, DACA. Uh, we've signed, we're signing on to an amicus brief uh, in which we are going to support the Houston uh, Chamber of Commerce who have filed a brief 
um, in litigation of Texas, I uh, believe it's Texas versus United States. And so just talk in that suit, you know, uh, our role is just, you know, talking about the uh, economic benefits of, uh, of immigrants in Texas and the benefits of the DREAMer program and how they they have benefited the employers of Texas. So mm-hmm. uh, it has been a positive economic impact to have the program. And so uh, we'll follow Amicus in support of uh, that particular program, the DACA program. That's you. So you're handling all the lobbying and all the, and, and the litigation, leading those efforts too. Yes. Correct. So, okay. yes, lobbying, litigation. But then as general counsel, I just have traditional general counsel roles such as real estate matters that come up, um, contracts. And so... You, it runs the gamut as far as whatever general counsel would have for yeah. So it'll be, it'll be so a busy. Wear many hats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Um, you know, one of the, one of uh, I've heard some brewing rumors, and it's you know, it's we're still ways out from session, um, but just the idea uh, of state preemption and something coming out of the Capitol next session that um, an over like an, an all encompassing preemption bill. I don't know what form that would take, but something that covers that rolls back cities' powers. Um, more broadly, right? I think right now it's, it tends to be surgical, right? So it might be the paid sick leave issue comes up, or you know the plastic ba- or plastic plastic bag ban, right? That handled by the court, but issues like that. Um, I know at least Rob has spoken about the idea of having a broader kind of umbrella bill. Mm-hmm. And have you just you know not you know we're, we're ways out from session, but have you heard anything or what are your thoughts on that or or, or just no comment on it right now? No. Um... I'm aware that there are other groups that are looking at that issue. That's not an issue we're looking at at uh, TAB as far as a, a broad bill that would roll back uh, cities' uh, powers in general. No. Mm-hmm. That's, so, again, that's not our focus at TAB. But uh, I'm not surprised uh, to know or to hear that there are you know folks that may be looking at something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, this wasn't under your tenure, but with the uh, I know a lot of folks in Austin care about this the in Texas really the the bathroom bill the so called bathroom bill TAB mm-hmm. took a in a number of major companies based in Texas took a very uh, you know hard stance against um, you know from the state leadership on that issue and do you just you know I just for folks who aren't really involved in politics there it always comes up in conversation with me about. Do they see that coming up? Do we see that coming up again? Um, and any form, a lesson form or a different name with the same intent? Do you do you just hear see any predictions of that? Or you think it's a, it, it's done? So uh, that's not something that we are focused on mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. You know, we're kind of focused on uh, policy um, legislation that the Texas community and our members are dealing with day to day. Gotcha. Um, at the time of the bathroom bill um, fight during the last session. You got TAB took the position that is unnecessary uh, legislation. To put it simply, um, that sentiment hasn't changed. Uh, But as far as it coming up, I mean, it it is possible. Um, I have not heard from um, our statewide leaders um, that, you know, they are uh, getting behind that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, it appears uh, in some in some respect, to be a settled uh, issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there may have been a statement to that effect during the uh, Republican convention you know, in Texas. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, we're going back and we're focusing on, you know, all the other uh, 100 or so issues that we know uh, are going to come up during the session. It kind of, <laughs> you know, runs yeah. the gamut, as I spoke earlier, on uh-huh. things like, you know, education and 
infrastructure, um, you know, tax bills that are going to come up, economic development bills, and so that remains our focus. Okay. Yeah. Um, coming back to your role, um, where do you? I know there's been some restructuring with the advocacy team with sure. JB, and it's been you know a lot. It's been somewhat streamlined, mm-hmm. correct? Where? What was the impetus behind that, or just work? Pulling back, where do you sure. want to take the role? Because right now, as I understand it, you are going to be the face and voice of TAB, in most cases, on the ground at the Capitol next session. That is true. true, yeah. Yes. And that's not something, I mean, typically, I think in the past, right, it was, well, one, you, there was a bigger lobby team, so you had more folks out around. Um, but overall, like, where, what's, what's the vision behind that? So uh, the vision for the team is we will have uh, internal lobbyists, and so... Um, there is a team that will be filling out um, between now and the end of the year, and we will probably have um, an external team as well. So um, there may not be as many uh, total TAB advocates at the Capitol, um, so, but there will be uh, you know, a significant number uh, uh, that will uh, be advocating on, again, the, the 100 uh, or so various issues that uh, that we will um, lay out in our uh, pre-session document, uh, le- our legislative priorities. When is that expected to come out? I mean, just roughly, I know I'm putting under pressure of publication. When does sure. that usually come out? <clears throat> okay. So right now what's happening is all the policy committees are working hard. Um, again, we're talking the um, Education Committee, the healthcare Committee, the Transportation Committee. Uh, these are the TAB committees. These are TAB policy committees made up of TAB members. And so what we will do is we will come up with our um, priorities for the legislative session and uh, we will put it in a booklet and it will contain, um, again, over 100 uh, very important issues to the state of Texas, issues that we think helps make a great business climate uh, in session. So we will vote, our board members will vote on them uh, later this fall and a document will be issued to the entire legislature before the session begins. Got it. And just as a, an aside, do you cover federal policy as well? Or you cover D.C. or have a, a, yeah. an, a satellite office there? Yes. Yeah, so, a uh, team there? Yeah, so the advocacy team, uh, we, we do have uh, uh, an advocate uh, in D.C. We do have a lobbyist in D.C. So mm-hmm. we cover state and federal issues as well. And that is uh, uh, today, just by example, uh, the U.S. Chamber you know, make comments regarding tariffs. And so uh, we sent out statements uh, regarding the U.S. tariffs as well. So as to the extent that the federal issues uh, touch on our core issues for our Texas members, uh, we aren't engaged very okay. much so in D.C. Got you. So this next session, come back to that, you're, you've been, in the, you've been, and I'm going to touch on your background, your career um, yeah, in a moment, we'll but you're, what is your vision for this role coming into it? Because you've you've had had a unique path on the contract side and internally with big corporations. So what is, um, what what is your vision for this role? Yeah. So again, there are different roles as far as uh, lead advocate, litigation, and just uh, general counsel. Let's but focus with on regard advocacy, to advocacy. With regards side. to advocacy, uh, definitely TEB will you know be the voice on you know public policy issues affecting uh, Texas business. Okay. Um, I think. That is a role that uh, you know we have played for you know well over ninety years, um, and so I think we'll continue to be able to you know influence policy development, uh, drive certain legislative decisions, um, you know in the Capitol and in uh, D.C. as well. I mean, the bottom line is you know we're focused as uh, chair says, uh, CEO says all the time on jobs and paychecks, and so 
Um, we're focused on you know having the right business climate in Texas, and having that kind of you know laser focus on on the issues. I think you know gives us a, a strong, uh, efficient voice you know for for Texas business going into the session. Very good. Um, coming back to your career, you know I know that as you and I both know, there's not. Um, a lot of diversity in the, in the lobby ranks. Um, I think nationally, but particularly you know in Texas for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, you are entering a role of one of the, the largest, one if not the most largest, or the largest um, you know association for private for companies for corporations in the state, and the, the face of that. And just can you just backtrack? What's your what's been your path to this position? For for, for you know for the young for young guns out there sure. who are may want to is just looking for a path forward in this industry well i can say it was not a plan yeah it was, it was definitely not a charted path um so i started my career at mcginnis lockridge uh, in kilgore here in austin uh, as a litigation attorney and so i was there for about five years um, i would say about year four um, i became interested in looking at other opportunities but what kind of provided the the spark to, uh, to think about life outside of a, a big law firm, um, a friend approached me and, and informed me that there was this great position with the NFL uh, to be uh, in-house uh, counsel, uh, representing the league um, in disputes, labor disputes that they have with the NFL players. It just so happened at the time at McGinnis that I had a focus on uh, employment litigation, uh, representing defenders. And so, um, I went through the process and it, several rounds and, and interviews with the, the league in their offices on Park Avenue in New York. Um, I ended up you know, being a finalist but did not get the position. But again, that kind of provided the, the spark for beginning to think about um, careers outside of a law firm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, approximately, I say a year, 18 months after that, I decided to uh, take a role in the governor's office uh, here in Austin. Uh, over the five years at McGinnis, I've become friends with many folks who worked at the Capitol, and I found out about a position that was not posted yet, um, but it was coming open. Those are the uh, best assistant. ones. Those are the best <laughs> ones, right? You hear about it before they post it. And so as for an assistant general counsel role, and there were only five uh, counsel in the governor's office. So I ended up applying for the role and, and getting the role and, and went in as a assistant general counsel. and. And ethics advisor, public information officer for Governor Bush. Okay. So that pretty much was the the big introduction to the, the capital world, capital complex, um, and that's where I first really learned, you know, how um, business uh, interacts, you know, with the officials, see policy as it's developed, helped create policy, particularly um, with regards to the the Public Information Act at the time, and so. It was a great experience, and so at the end of 2000, um, we had the controversy over uh, the presidential election, and so, as you know, there was not an immediate uh, determination on election night. But uh, at that time, I decided, um, I, I, had, I, I knew that uh, Governor Bush had won and was going to D.C., but I had no desire to go to D.C. at the time. I wanted to, uh, to stay here in Austin, so I went back out to another law firm. Uh, here in town, Brown McCarroll, mm-hmm. and did litigation work again, but also did some lobbying work at the Capitol, uh, trading in my experience yeah. uh, for the private sector again. And then um, 
after a few years at Brad McCarroll, an opportunity came up to go uh, in-house at MCI. And I think at the time I was ready to leave billable hours. <laughs> and just for those who might sure. be around, MCI was a uh, telecom, major telecom carrier um, up until what, the early 2000s? It was still around when I was in college. <laughs> yeah, I think. it was bought by Verizon yeah. in 2006. Yeah, I had singular when I started college, so. right. <laughs> AT&T. Yeah, yeah. M- there was MCI became WorldCom. WorldCom went into bankruptcy, then mm-hmm. WorldCom came out of bankruptcy, but as MCI, okay. again, rebranded the new MCI. So I went to work for the new MCI um, in 2004, and then two years later, we were purchased by Verizon. Mm-hmm. I was lucky to stay on with uh, Verizon, and uh, from there, I went to a company in Dallas called Copart. That's right. So big jump from uh, Verizon to Copart as I went from a role here in Texas to a national role. Um, being in charge of government affairs for all 50 states and for Congress um, in D.C. And so spent uh, four years there. So I uh, yeah, went from law firm to in-house corporate and now back in Austin uh, here at TAB. Uh, again, it was not anything or planned or anything that I, that I could have written out. Uh, I took advantage of the opportunities as as they became available. Yeah, I found that's usually the best uh, course of action is to be aware of it and act when that happens. Yeah, and I like fun. to speak on the, the diversity issue. So, uh, as far as it, uh, minorities being involved in politics, um, I think that there is a path for those who who, who do want uh, to be, um, you know, lobbyists, advocates, uh, have you know positions uh, in associations similar to mine. And I think it all starts with uh, getting you know experience at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I think you have to have the street cred of uh, working at the Capitol. You worked on a committee um, at the Capitol before you went out to the private sector. I worked in the governor's office, but I think that's that's critical. You have to be willing to embrace that culture and be a part of it. Get to know as many people while you're working um, at the Capitol or working at a state agency, um, and then you know at some point later you know. Uh, have an opportunity to go to the private sector either as a, you know, your own, as a self-made lobbyist, um, working for another lobbyist, working for association, working for a company. But uh, you have to naturally love politics and you have to want to embrace the culture. And I have found, being in Austin 20 plus years, that uh, there some minorities don't necessarily embrace that culture. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's broadly, it's not for everyone. I mean, just, it's, it's not it's for everyone. And yes. on the whole. So I mean, we agree. You know, we're, we're both we're both we're from Austin too. So exactly. it kind of that that layers it on too. Like there's there's the capital culture, and then there, there's city of Austin as a whole. Right. Which for you know, if you're unless you're raised, much. I mean, I've been here since I was eight. Right. Um, you know, you're you're just kind of used to it. Um, but you know, there there's yeah, yeah. And for the audience, I grew up um, in Giddings, Texas, less than an hour from here. So to me, growing up, Austin was the big city. Yeah. And so, yeah, I came from the country to the big city. So I, I think you have to be willing to embrace Austin. I think you have to be willing to embrace the capital culture. And I see that as probably a hurdle you know, for minorities who want to be involved, um, who want to be uh, lobbyists, it's, at least in Austin, um, you know, taking that particular path. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's difficult to become an established lobbyist if you in Austin if you have not worked at the Capitol. You can be a lobbyist in Dallas or Houston or San Antonio. Uh, the easiest path there, I would say, is probably go work for the city councils uh, mm-hmm. in those cities. But if you're going to be uh, a player in the Capitol, you 
most likely needed to have worked at the Capitol. So yeah, yeah. No, I um the the, the, the the early advice I give to folks who talk to me about wanting this career is you got to go the Capitol. Yep. And it doesn't mean it's not towards the time. It's just what how do you use the time you were there? Right. You know, and the relationships, your relationships, and all that because you can be there ten years and not never really had any really you know strong ties or be there in one session. But if you just that kind of you had that personality and the, and the person who you know developed those relationships, you know, right. they can carry you far too. Right. As I found so, um, so coming off that and thanks thanks for the, that input. Just any parting words on you know on the importance of TAB and in in particularly before we actually close, what are some initiatives you're looking at? I think we talked before about initiatives in Austin um, with the major some of the companies here. I know that came up. So as far as uh, initiatives, our, our focus is uh, statewide focus, mm-hmm. and the the city peak, city I'm sorry paid sick leave issue in Austin is unique in that um, you know it's, it it is something that is having a, a statewide effect, and so um, but for the most part we focus on legislation and policy that has a statewide effect. So okay. that is to say we're not reviewing uh, city ordinances in Austin or San Antonio or Dallas looking for an issue uh, to yeah. take a side against the city. Um, it's it's a little bit more organic than that. It actually you know elevates to the point to where we have to com- come in and comment uh, for uh, state business. But as far as initiatives that we're looking at uh, for this session, I think most likely um, you know our priority will be Priorities will be pretty similar to last session um, as far as, you know, economic development, uh, transportation. I sat through a transportation panel last week in which uh, TechStock came in and talked about, you know, uh, some of the initiatives that they have as far as uh, tech, uh, transportation and in- innovation. Um, you know, basically it all comes down to funding. Uh, yes, like to transportation. Most yeah, like most <laughs> things do. But, you know, as far as, you know, looking at a seamless system of having, you know, free roads, uh, what are they have, you know, towed roads, um, having a bullet train that's going to run from, from Dallas to Houston, uh, you know, trying to, to get all the, the pieces to fit together so that we have a, you know, a, a good transportation system yeah. in Texas, that we have good infrastructure supporting uh, that particular system. It's so important for Texas businesses uh, to be able to, to move products uh, and goods around to be able to move mobility, be able to move their employees, you know, around the, the state. And so uh, that's going to be a, a focus for sure. Okay. Uh, criminal justice will rank high for TAB again. And so there's we've had a criminal justice committee that's working on, you know, criminal justice uh, reform, coming up with recommendations. And so um, you can go back and look at our 2017 recommendations on that issue. I think uh, many of them will be the same. Uh, you know, going into the to this session. Okay, very good. Yep. Um, so, is any closing words about TAB or why you know companies that aren't members should join? Um, you know, I think this is a new era for TAB. You know, we have a new CEO um, and other new personnel that will be announced in the, the next few months. And you know, we're going to work really hard to try and you know protect and you know enhance the business climate that we've had uh, Texas. Fortunately, it's been named number one or near number one state for business the past uh, few years. And so um, we have a very strong economy and you know, we'll continue to push those policies to 
keep Texas strong and keep that uh, number one ranking. As far as why someone should join, um, you know, again, we're going to be very strong leading voice um, on policy issues. I think that there are many issues that uh, companies, when they review our priorities, um, they will, um, you know, identify and want us uh, to be able to, you know, help them uh, with regards to uh, whatever it's, you know, again, what workforce or um, if it's immigration, if it's infrastructure, you know, what the issue may be. Uh, we can be a great help to that business. All right. Well, James, thank you for your time, and I wish you well going uh, forward in your tenure with TAB. All right. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com backslash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play at the BG Podcast. Thank you for listening and have a great day.